Hey humans, I'm Rory, and this is the Human Strength and Nutrition Podcast. Today, we have veterinarian Holly Boyden to talk about the health benefits of family pets and things you should know before getting an animal. We hope you enjoy. Hey, Hall, thanks for coming on the Human Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Very well. Now, uh, listeners, Holly, uh, Dr. Holly Boyden is my sister. She's my older sister. Um, a little bit of context for today. Um, so, Hol, uh, you are a big part of the reason why we had so many animals in our household growing up. <laughs> Everything from dogs to cats to rabbits, guinea pigs, um, cockatiels. What are some, some of the animals I've missed? Chickens. Yeah, chickens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had two ill-fated budgies at one point as well. <laughs> There's a reason you don't remember them. <laughs> yep. And uh, cats, cats as well, of course. Yeah. So, um, Holly, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Why are you so uh, interested in animals? Um, okay, so I guess about what I do, um, I work as a small animal vet uh, one to two days a week on the Central Coast, which is pretty sweet. Um, I work also as a stay-at-home parent, um, Monday to Wednesday and obviously on weekends. And then on the side, I'm, I've actually just recently started running my own um, veterinary riding business, Holly Bee Veterinary Riding. So, yeah, that's sort of happening on, you know, one weekday a week plus, you know, sort of when, when the uh, kids have gone to bed type thing. <laughs> Very cool. And how long have you um, been a vet for, Holly? So I've been a vet for 12 years. Yep, and you've worked in uh, Australia and then you worked in the UK as well and been in Australia for what, the last four or five years again? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So I, I initially obviously graduated and worked in Australia for a couple of years um, and then I did the very traditional Australian vet thing and went over to the UK um, and locum there for three and a half years um, and obviously did lots of sort of travelling and things in that time as well and then, yeah, came, came back here and, um, yeah, I guess just got more... Um, uh, into my career, I guess, and family life. Very cool. And you've always been uh, more interested in in small animals as opposed to large animals. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, we grew up as you know, like suburban kids, and I wanted to, I wanted to like, um, you know, horses and cows and stuff, like all the James Harriet books I'd read. But um, yeah, I found out pretty quickly that it just wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, you know, I think when you don't grow up with them, it's a little bit harder to adjust. Doable, but, yeah, just not for me. For sure. Um, so with that said, Hole, uh, why do you think that pets are such a great addition to a family household? Oh, well, <clears throat> obviously <laughs> I'm pretty biased. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, there is actually a lot of science behind, you know, having a pet and having multiple physical and mental health benefits, Um like, I mean, there's obvious stuff. If you if you own a dog, you're generally going to be more motivated to go out for walks or, or runs outdoors. Um, we have our little six-month-old Whippet at the moment, and um, we find that just having to, you know, burn energy for him, we go out to the beach and or park at least once a day for, like, a really good walk. And, um, you know, we get our little two-year-old daughter out as well on the beach um, every day, and she, she was a bit tentative originally, but... Um, you know, she loves now just running in and out of the water, running around on the beach with bare feet. And yeah, it's just, I guess, free, healthy entertainment and it ties them both out really well. And it's, it's good mental health for us. It's a good way to just sort of sit and entertain your kids. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, one of the things we, we most enjoy about a dog. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for anyone, like people who live on their own or like, especially elderly people, um, their pet can, can give them motivation and, and accountability to keep consistent daily exercise and, and care routines, which is, is so important. You know, a lot of old people, it is thought that they're going to do better, you know, provided they're up to a certain level of, of, you know, health themselves still, but, but they generally do better if they have a pet to, to live with. Um, and I guess more, more to that, like, I mean, pets can encourage anyone to socialize as well. I mean, yeah, particularly, I guess, old people I'm thinking of. Um, but, you know, like, uh, Rory, our, our, like, I don't know if you remember, our granddaddy had Ivy, the dog, and he was, he said that he used to love to walk around his neighborhood, but, um, people when he was by himself before he got the dog people would look at him like he was like some lost old man or just you know like a creepy dude just walking around with no apparent purpose but if he if he walked around with the dog people would smile at him and and they would engage in conversation with him and you know he just you know he got so much benefit from that which was lovely um yeah yeah yeah. yeah, that's such an interesting point that i've never thought of before but is so clear now that you say it is the social aspect of just saying, having, initiating so many conversations with people as you're walking along the street. Yeah. And I mean, that's good for, I think, anyone who, who lives by themselves. Um, and yeah, I mean, just that basic companionship as well. Um, you know, dogs, um, I mean, that there are actually studies showing that just spending calm, quality time with your pet is, you know, promotes oxytocin and serotonin release. So, you know, like the, the well-being hormones and it can um, reduce your cortisol levels. Um, and, you know, obviously we all sort of know of cortisol is a stress hormone. Um, I mean, while a degree of cortisol is, is uh, normal and healthy and you need it for maintenance of, you know, metabolism and, and blood pressure and things and, and also for, you know, occasional fight or flight responses, um, chronically elevated cortisol, you know, I mean, it gives you increased risk of infections and elevated blood glucose and elevated blood pressure and, you know, and increased anxiety and poor gut health and muscle wasting, you know, all bad things. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can sort of just reduce that, just sitting with a pet, that's, that's pretty sweet. So. And, um, and we spoke about a little bit earlier, you know, you're going for uh, your walks with um, Lizzie, a little girl and, and, uh, and Dash now. Are there any other um, just positive benefits that relate specifically to children that you haven't already spoken about? Yeah. I mean, like um, I guess um, pets make just great companions for kids. I mean, young kids, obviously, you should always supervise them. But, I mean, Lizzie loves just, um, you know, playing playing games with the dog. You know, they kind of share toys at the moment, which is quite funny, <laughs> um, mm. you know. And, um, I mean, I guess... Uh, in terms of mental health benefits, I mean, there are also studies showing that kids with, you know, um, autism or like on the spectrum uh, or with ADHD, they can actually just show increased um, positive, um, I guess, so um, socially accepted um, behaviours um, just, you know, from regular contact with a pet. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we've also seen studies saying that, you know, regular contact with pets when you're a kid especially like a, a large number of pets of different species is it is thought to reduce um you know future incidents of eczema and and asthma and things like that and although they didn't help you with a, <laughs> your cat allergy <laughs> um yeah yeah well we had uh, so many as, as i mentioned at the start of the podcast so many animals in the household growing up and 
I think it just it's really important to be comfortable around animals because it's a very yeah. common thing in this day and age. And if you haven't had a dog and a cat growing up, then you encounter one on the street and it could be the most terrifying thing. Yeah, it's it is quite quite sad when you see a little kid who yeah is is afraid of dogs. I guess because yeah, I mean I guess most of us do live in fairly close close contact and. Yeah, it's, it's very common that you'll just have to walk past a dog pretty closely on the street and, yeah. For sure. Might be me getting a little bit ancestral here, but I also feel like there is just some, you know, special bond between humans and dogs. Yeah, I mean, people have that with, with dogs dogs and cats. I think we, we tend to presume dogs automatically, but, um, you know, I mean, people, like, you know, obviously have cats and, I mean, other animals um, feel like family members to them. Um, you know, it's... I guess a lot of studies are done on, on dogs and probably less so cats. But, yeah, a lot of people feel really close with other animals as well, especially if that's their, their only family member or their, you know, their regular friend or, yeah. And, I, like, I was actually – I actually saw a study recently which was um, really, really cool. It was, like, a, I guess a definite kind of health benefit thing for pets. And it was in – um, it was in 2013, but a committee of the American Heart Association, they did a literature review. So obviously reviewed the most relevant studies of um, cardiovascular health related to to pet ownership. So they looked at, you know, topics like pet ownership and blood pressure, pet ownership and hyperlipidemia, you know, fats in the blood, um, pet ownership and obesity. And they actually put out an official scientific statement um, saying that Pet ownership, um, particularly dog ownership, is probably associated with a lower risk of cardiovascular disease and may have a causal role in reducing risk. Um, and I mean, obviously, they have to use careful, careful wording, but, you know, because they don't want anyone who, you know, I guess has a heart attack to then, you know, <laughs> blame them. <laughs> Tell me if I had a dog, I'd be okay. Um, but, you know, I think that is amazing that, you know, a big scientific body like that and, you know, in a place where heart disease is the number one killer. Um, you know, their their studies seem to support that. You know, the the cardiovascular benefits. I just thought that was very cool. For sure. Um, so, when when might pets not be a good addition to a family household? Oh, uh, once again, a few reasons. Sadly, um, I mean, I guess the first one, um, if you haven't selected the right breed of pet for your lifestyle, um, you know, if you have picked, um, you know, if you don't have enough free time for interacting and, and caring with that pet. You know, if you're, like, you know, really sedentary sedentary, and you pick a, a really active dog or something, um, you know, that can – it can just be a disaster for, for everyone. Um, I remember when I was a, a recent grad vet and – this this young young woman came in with her border collie. It was about a year old. It's this lovely dog, um, but clearly, you know, really really hyper. You know, they're they're a working breed. They're they're meant to be given a job and you know have heaps of you know hours of exercise a day and lots of mental stimulation and things. And she was complaining about how naughty and destructive it was. Um, and I kind of you know kind of hopefully asked her, oh, so how, how much walk, walking do you give the dog? And she said oh, he doesn't get walked at all during the week. He's just in the garden. Um, and I was, you know, very politely kind of trying to say, oh, you know, um, maybe maybe you should start walking <laughs> as, a, as a first step. And she, was, she said, no, I, I don't want to get up earlier before work. And, you know, that was kind of the end of that conversation. She, was, she wasn't going to change. And, yeah, I don't know, that was just a really sad moment. It's always stuck with me because I just thought that poor dog, you know, it's either going to be just miserable in, you know, in a yard unless some, something changes or it's probably going to end up going to a shelter or something, you know. 
just because unfortunately she picked she picked the wrong dog for what she, you know the energy she was willing to put into that relationship so yeah that was sad sure. that, that's the first reason is um yeah if you just not if your lifestyle doesn't support good yeah. care uh, of the animal when else might not be a good um Oh, I, mean, I guess it's basic, but if you don't have money set aside to cover routine pet care bills, um, you know, I mean, there's just, there's the basic stuff initially. I mean, people often just think you buy a puppy and, you know, that's that's where your money goes. But then, I mean, you know, vaccination alone and like the annual health check, which is recommended where we often pick up a lot of, you know, issues, especially as pets get older. I mean, that's, you know, what, about about $100 a year or so, depending on your, your pet type and your area. And then, you know, um you know, just the recommended worming, heartworm, flea and tick prevention protocols. I mean, depending on the size of your, your dog, for instance, that can set you back, um, oh, I don't know, 100, 150 to like 300 a year or something, very roughly, depending on what your products you're using. Um, and then, you know, I mean, that's before your pet's even gotten sick. You know, any unwellness or emergencies are going to cost you extra and yeah, it's just um, we, it, it is unfortunately a pretty common thing as well. People come in and say they've spent you know seven or eight grand on a on a you know designer purebred pup, and then they they kind of laugh when we tell them the price of you know just those routine health um, care products, and they you know they say they spent all their money on the puppy, and they don't have any more money for that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess that would be a time when it's it's not a good addition. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I guess another reason if if you're not willing to supervise your your kids with the pet that would be a big reason you know obviously that's uh kind of um yeah just leaving yourself really at risk of of an injury either side mm. well, you just touched on emergencies with pets and like obviously the cost that goes with that in in the instance something happens does that happen often like an emergency would happen like a dog breaks its leg is that a common thing or not really um yeah, I mean, I guess um, probably unwellness is a more common reason. Like, I mean, people, most people tend to be pretty responsible with their pet these days. Um, I think there are less hit by car cases and things like that because most people, you know, they do have their dogs on lead. But, I mean, yeah, accidents will always happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's also just little accidents like, you know, if, if a dog bites another one or, you know, something like that and it's just, you know, anesthetic and stitch up potentially, you know, if it's a bad wound. But, yeah, I mean, very often it's things like, you know, itchy skin or, you know, upset stomach or things like that. And, you know, even things like that. I mean, if they're, if they're severe and the dog needs to come into hospital, um, you know, that can easily set the owner back, you know, um, I mean, <laughs> at least sort of a few hundred dollars, you know, four or five hundred you know, minimum if they need to come into hospital, you know, to potentially a few thousand if it's if it's really bad. So it can be just a big sudden cost to have to take care of. I think it's something that we forget about a lot that pets are like kids as well. Like you need to feed them, you need to wash them, you need to look after them. Yeah. It's not just a puppy and it's all nice and happy. It's like a, a lot of care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, just that basic stuff, as you said, like even just food and things is, is quite extensive. Um, yeah, and and um, I guess the other thing as well, like I mean, it, something I'm often asked is, um, you know, if a pet is a good addition to a household if a woman is pregnant, um, or you know, if someone, I mean, I guess a bit less commonly, but still occasionally asked, you know, if someone has um is is immunocompromised, you know, you know, certain cancer patients or organ transplant patients and things, you know, whether whether they can have a pet. Um, and I mean, 
you know, I mean, because obviously there's there's certain tr- zoonotic di- um, diseases, you know, diseases that can go from from animals to people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the main thing those people should be doing, I guess, is asking their doctor and clarifying their situation for their for their individual circumstances. But um, I mean, as a vet, um, those uh, in most of those cases, they they can still own a pet. They just have to think carefully about what type of pet, you know, is the lowest risk and, you know, obviously take certain precautions. Hmm. So for young families considering getting their first pet, where where would you recommend they begin? Um, I guess, uh, like, it's a good idea to just have an actual, like a family discussion um, with, with, you know, family members who are old enough about who who's actually going to take responsibility for the pet. Um, realistically, how much time everyone's going to put into caring for the pet in terms of training, exercise, grooming, um, you know, playing, just doing the basic care, you know, like feeding and picking up its poop and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's that is the most important step because that will help you, you know, I guess select the animal type that's, that's going to fit best with your lifestyle, let alone, you know, certain breeds and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, once you get to that point, I guess it's then finding, um, like thinking about whether you'd like to get a young pet from a responsible breeder or, or rescue a pet from a shelter. Yeah, so setting expectations and then deciding where you're going to get the, the pet from. Mm. Um, what, was, what was that your responsibility mainly for all the pets in the Boyden household? Because as one of six, well, I know there were six, six Boydens at um, a did you look after all those pets whole or, Rose, did you have a... I don't remember being part of those conversations. <laughs> I, I think it was, it was largely mum and I, really. And, I mean, sometimes as well, if, the, if my brothers, like, fell over and injured themselves, apparently mum says I would kind of, like, try and doctor them too. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were <laughs> yes, that they were, they were my first patients. <laughs> so uh, what do you think would help young families make the right decision in terms of, first of all, the animal that they choose and then, second of all, the breed, if there is a breed? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's that initial... Yeah, conversation of, of, you know, animal and um, I mean, there, there's lots of good websites online and stuff or, you know, if you if you have a good local vet, I mean, obviously you can try and, um, you know, see if they, they you can book a time with them to, to discuss things like that. But I mean, if if you end up, you know, deciding you want to rescue a pet from a shelter, um, I know places like the RSPCA, they they kind of make it easier for you to pick the right pet because they put a lot of effort into their behavioral assessment and rehabilitation programs. So, you know, they all, they all have done kind of various behavioral tests on, you know, um, animals and, you know, I guess particularly dogs, but I mean, they also know the, the temperament of their cats and they're going to know which ones, you know, are really high energy or which ones might be a bit nervous of young kids um, or which ones aren't friendly with, with other animals. And so then, you know, I mean, you can, they, they can help you match the right pet with your family. Um, so that, I guess, is, is a really good tool to use, um, especially if you have any more specific requirements. Um, because, you know, you can, you can use breed selector websites online. If, if you decide you want, you know, a young pup or kitten and you, you, you know, you think you'd like a certain breed, um, you know, there are breed selector websites. And if you're realistic, you know, and answer the questions properly about how much time you're willing to actually put into all different things, you know, how important, you know, grooming and, you know, uh, 
taking your dog out for walks and, and stuff is due and all that kind of stuff, whether you're worried about a dog that might bark or, or things, um, you know, that, that can, um, that can help direct you as well. Um, and, and, you know, if you find a breed you like, then, then it's a matter of, I guess, just finding lists of, of registered breeders and you can, you can look at stuff like that online. Um, um there is the, um, dogsonline.com.au website and dogs is with a Z. Um, and that I know has lists of kind of registered, um, dog breeders. And I mean, yes, I mean, if you Google it, you're going to find lists. Um, but I mean, the most important thing in that kind of situation is just, I think just chatting to a couple of breeders and, you know, find, find ones who, who are breeding for good health and temperament and, and not just looks. Um, and I mean, it's so important as well to find one where they'll let you come and look at the premises and meet the mum and the dad dog. So, you, you know, you know that they're kind of, you know, being brought up in proper conditions. And, um, you know, it's, it's really great if you can find a breeder as well who raises the pups or kittens in their, their household. Because if you want a family pet, you want a pet that's been raised in that situation. And, you know, they're used to all those normal household, you know, noises and routines and things. It's going to make the pet a lot more likely to fit into your household in the first place if, you know, they're in a house for that critical socialization time or at least some of it. I mean, the critical socialization time is, you know, it kind of, you know, the real window finishes by kind of 12 to 16 weeks. And so if they're with the breeder until they're, you know, eight weeks old, that's a lot of time when, you know, good things or bad things can, can kind of go into their little brains. Are there any specific uh, breed selector websites you would recommend? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't actually have much experience in that, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, I know people just kind of Google them. I mean, I think if something looks like a fairly reliable organisation that you've heard of before in relation to kind of animal welfare or something like that, it's, it's, probably, it's probably a good start. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, the other tool people could use is, once again, if they have a, a pre-existing, you know, kind of relationship with a, a good local vet, um, I mean, they can always ask the vet whether they the, that vet works with any particular breeders who they'd recommend. Um, you know, I mean, vets often, you know, meet a lot of breeders, especially, I mean, there are some vets who get a reputation of, you know, doing doing good work in that in, in that area. And, yeah, they often have a really good idea of, you know, who's bringing up, you know, nice, happy, healthy, confident puppies who are going to make good family members so yeah um so what are two bits of advice or information that you think might help young families who are looking to purchase their first pet that was really hard to it's really hard to think of just two <laughs> but i guess um uh the biggest one for me would be just um always supervise young kids and dogs um you know, you see so much stuff online, you know, like cute, cute kid and dog pictures where the dog actually is just showing these really obvious body, you know, language signals of, of stress. And it's really like upsetting for, you know, people who are, I guess, you know, who are really familiar with animals or work with animals just to see that and know that, I mean, the dog's not happy, but also the kid's being put at risk. Um, so I think, yeah, um, always supervising any any kid who's you know not obviously not young enough to understand you know how if they might be making a pet feel uncomfortable and yeah knowing those signs of discomfort that you can look for that your pet um you know might show and and just obvious stuff as well like not letting your kid touch your dog suddenly when they're sleeping or when they're eating or something you know which is going to be stressful for a lot of dogs 
Um, That's tip number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the second one is just good good socialization, especially like before 16 weeks old. Um, because that's that critical window that I was talking about before. And if you, yeah, just get your dog, you know, useful to a variety of environments and people and situations and noises, it just, you know, means that they're a lot less likely unless they have, you know, a, a strong genetic predispos- predisposition to nervousness. They're going to be a lot less likely to be, like, nervous or anxious in a lot of situations, Um you know, like, um, I guess, yeah, going to the vet or going new places and, and things like that. Um, you know, you do see dogs that are well socialized and they're generally, you know, a lot more confident in those situations, which is, which is nicer for everyone. Great. Do you want, it's, you said it was hard to narrow it down to two. Do you want a bonus one or? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I guess I've probably already said it, just doing the good healthcare routines on your pet, like just making sure you're really picking off the basic stuff. Um, you know, re- I guess biggest one is regular like tick and flea prevention in, you know, in Australia and, and especially on the central coast as well. Um, you know, like ticks are such a problem and they're, they're so dangerous and it's so, you know, we've got so many good effective preventions and it's really upsetting when you get an animal, you know, suffering from tick paralysis and it costs the owner, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars to treat it, potentially depending on, you know, the severity of the symptoms they're showing. And you know that the owner could have <clears throat> most likely protected the pet if they've properly used, you know, a tick or flea prevention, which probably alone would have cost them like $150 a year or something. So I don't know that's one of my like, that's one of my vet, vet, you know. I was going to say bugbears, but then that sounds like a bad pun. So <laughs> vet hates. Um, how wary of your time is 8 p.m. Is there anything else uh, you particularly want to talk about before we start to wrap it up? No, I think you guys ask pretty thorough questions. Awesome. Well, um, how where can people find you? Um, so at this stage, it's probably um, best to just follow Holly B Veterinary Riding on Facebook. So um, Holly B is uh, B E E, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously you can Facebook message me if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'm on LinkedIn as Holly Boyden. But if you know Rory, you can obviously find me through him. <laughs> so yeah. And then visit you uh, in the Central Coast. Yes, or you can also pay to see me, <laughs> but I wasn't going to push that one. <laughs> You're welcome to. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and um, I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, humans, that concludes the podcast with Holly Boyden. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Hey legends, if you'd like a program to help you build strength, fitness and athleticism, the Human Strength and Performance Program is for you. The perfect balance of strength, conditioning, mobility and athleticism to help you achieve high level physical performance. Head to humanstrength.com.au to find out more.